Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I will walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's thank Olivia Burchett for reading Psalm 23 for us this morning. You did a great job. Well, we have been walking through Psalm 23 over the past couple of weeks and getting a better picture of what the psalmist David was writing about. In verse 6, it says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Throughout all the days of our life, God freely gives loving uh, kindness to us. It's tough to comprehend because it's hard for us to tangibly see it, but as we look back on our lives and see where we have been, you can begin to piece your story together. In the hard times, there was a way out, a friend that you could turn to, a job opportunity that finally opened up, and so much more. Hindsight definitely becomes 2020. And his goodness and mercy was never lost on us. God gives us free will to choose. If we are with him, sometimes with him, or not at all. The crazy thing is, despite whatever you choose, he will still follow you all the days of your life. So why is David pointing us towards this verse this week? Is it goodness? Whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, I think a lot of people think that they're a good person. In the book of Galatians, the author Paul talks about something called the fruit of the Spirit. And I think of these as basic qualities or characteristics that God wants us to grow in. And to me, it kind of reminds me of spices. When I was about eight or nine years old, my mom usually worked Saturday morning, so it was up to my dad to make breakfast for my brother and I. And like most mornings, he started making cinnamon sugar toast. He spread the butter over the warm bread. He sprinkled on the sugar and a little bit of cinnamon. And when he finished, I happily popped it into my mouth. Well, seconds later, I noticed a slight burning sensation on the back of my tongue, and I proceeded to spit it out uh, because of its spicy flair. And back then, all the spices in our house were just all red with white lettering. Um, My dad didn't put on his glasses that morning. And what he (laughs) didn't realize is that he grabbed the spice cardamom instead. Let's just say for an eight-year-old's palate, um, that is not a good substitute for cinnamon. There was nothing good about that toast that morning. Have you ever made something at home and said it was good, but with a couple extra spices and a little bit of flavor, the dish would be amazing? We're all like that dish just waiting to have a few things added to us. Not because it's bad, just because the chef really wants us to shine. So one of those spices is goodness. We know that it's just not possible to be perfect. But I think God gives us the capacity to grow in goodness. 
Just like when you are a child and your parents tell you what is right and what's wrong, you figure that out along the way. We have the opportunity to grow in our faith. And in response, our character changes. For God, his goodness is not a passive quality. It is active and persistent. And despite our imperfections and willingness to resist his goodness at times, he gently and freely gives us kindness. He actively chose to die on the cross for us, not because he just kind of felt like it. When we can understand what goodness looks like, we can begin to see it more in our lives, in our relationships, the tiniest details, the moments when things seem to line up just right, or when your world is crashing down and you get a phone call at that exact moment from a friend. That's his goodness. I don't feel like we hear a lot about mercy these days. It has become countercultural in our society. During Black Friday, do you think people were being merciful over flat screen TVs and Hatchimals? I don't think so. We get so caught up in ourselves that we don't even add mercy into our lives. Writer Max Lucado says the problem is the agenda of the human race. We pursue the wrong priority. We want good health a good income, a good night's rest, and a good retirement. Our priority is we. God's priority, however, is God. Does it sound familiar? What are your priorities? We have to deliberately choose God's priority and living life with compassion and the ability to forgive. This is a response that, like goodness, has to be learned and grown over time. And mercy, it is the foundation of God's promise to each of us. And that is why God sent Jesus. Over and over in the Bible, there's so many stories in the Old Testament where people just messed up repeatedly. And so that's why God had compassion on us, and he knew he needed to send Jesus for the whole world. If you normally don't follow the NASCAR circuit, the other week, uh, Martin Truex Jr. won the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. It is pretty much the Super Bowl of car races. Like any major sportsman, your success is based on how well you do in your field. And despite having a job where performance is key, he was also dealing with his team's owner, who recently passed away. A member of his crew had just died, and his longtime girlfriend was still struggling and fighting against ovarian cancer. His personal life had been a true battle. After he won the championship, he was interviewed and he said this, there were days when I felt like no one believed in me. I didn't know if I could ever drive again through the tough days, the bad days, when I thought my career was over with, the times when I didn't think anyone would believe in me, but the people who mattered did. We are all battling something. A lot of us have been in a place where we felt that no one has believed in us, And we are facing this world alone. Without a relationship with Jesus, we can find ourselves lost and just tired of doing this whole adulting thing called life. But that is the hope at the end of verse 6, which says that God will constantly follow us all the days of our lives. In the Bible, Jesus shares a story about one lost sheep. I'm not sure if that sheep was just trying to be independent that day or just looking for something better to eat, but it has lost its way. 
and the shepherd realizes that he's lost one of his sheep and chooses to leave the other 99 to search for the one that's lost his way. Most people would think that it's kind of ridiculous to leave all the other sheep just for one, but the shepherd saw the sheep's worth. He followed after it, and when he found it, he did what? He didn't berate it. He didn't belittle it for wandering off. He rejoiced, and he was so ecstatic to bring that sheep back to his flock. As Psalm 23 starts, David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. And that is exactly the way God follows after us, with a fierce love and determination through all the days of our lives. He doesn't stop because you've walked away, you have questions, or you're angry. He is patiently following there, ready with a strong embrace to lead us back to the flock, providing hope when our life is dim and giving mercy in our darkest hours. Eric and I, uh, we just finished watching season two of Stranger Things on Netflix. Do I have any Demodog fans in here? No. Oh, okay. One. Good. All right. Um, I uh, promise there's no spoilers. I love shows that have ensemble casts, especially when the creators do a really good job of showcasing their characters. One of my favorite characters is Joyce Byers. She is the mom of a young boy who goes missing in this small town. And throughout both seasons, she has this fierce, intense mama bear determination to find her son. To some, her methods are seen as a little cray-cray, But every time I watch this woman, I think to myself, I want to have the same determination as Joyce Byers. So just as God follows us, our response as we grow is to have a life that we can follow him fiercely right back. Some of the challenges, though, as we try to live this verse out in our lives is just believing it. In multiple versions of the Bible, the verse begins with the word surely. First of all, don't call me Shirley, okay? But seriously, any time that type of language is used in the Bible, it's because it is used with absolute truth, beyond question. And those who are doubtful can have the assurance that God is consistently true. Secondly would be tuning out the enemy. One of my biggest pet peeves, I can talk today, all right, is uh, the static that's on radio stations and TV. That sound just makes my skin crawl. When it happens, you can hear what is supposed to be on the radio and what is not. And as we grow in our faith, we need to be able to decipher what's God's voice and what is the enemy's. Satan, he just loves to become the secondary voice in our life. And he will do whatever it takes to destroy what God sees for your future. Finally, are we encountering Jesus daily? I believe Darren or Greg talked about this the other week. It's one thing to come and listen to a message on Sunday, but how are we encountering Jesus the 166 hours left in the week? We need to constantly remind ourselves so we don't follow all the other influences trying to draw our attention elsewhere. All we have to do is be willing, willing to encounter him in our day-to-day, And some of the ways that we can do it are the things that we've already talked about before. Prayer, meditation, silence. We can use a Bible app that will literally speak us the word of God. We can doodle or color in our Bible's pages. I grew up with a church that you couldn't do that. You can, 
okay? It's your Bible. Think creatively. Um, just think about a verse. Maybe while you're doing something, you're jogging or painting or cooking. Just think about what that means in your life. If we can be willing, we just try something. We will start to grow and train our hearts to hear what he wants us to tune into. And then he gives us the capacity to share goodness and mercy with the rest of the world. Matthew 5:16 says this, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. It's amazing to know that even though we are broken people, he still chooses us to reflect his goodness and mercy through the whole world. We're definitely not going to be perfect by this in any means. But that is when people start to take notice of the difference Jesus makes in our lives. When I hear this idea, it does sound very exciting, but to be honest, it gets me a little overwhelmed. There is so much going on in this world, and for some reason, I feel like it lands on my shoulders. Kind of like Eric and I, when we were first married, we took a trip out to California, and like any newlywed couple does, you stand in line at 4 a.m. in the morning to get on the prices right, okay? <laughs> After a multitude of lines and waiting, we were seated in the studio, and there was this production assistant that was in charge of getting the uh, audience all hyped up and excited, ready to scream and yell. And as we were taping, the production... Yes, there we are. Should have worn my shirt today. As we were taping the production assistant, he just kept asking for more. And in my mind, I felt like he was just talking to me for some reason. So I left that day with hardly any voice. Uh, When really the excitement, it didn't land on my shoulders. He wanted everyone in the whole audience to join in. We are God's audience. We are all in this together. And we can share his mercy and goodness and do something way bigger than one could ever imagine. I just heard this story this week of a lady named Kate. She was driving into Philadelphia, and she made the mistake of thinking she could make it all the way on the interstate with her gas light on. Well, that didn't work out to her benefit. She ended up running out of gas and had to get out of her car to head to the nearest gas station. And that's when she met Johnny, a homeless man who sits on the side of the road every day holding a sign. He knew something was wrong, and he told her to get back in her car and lock her doors. A few minutes later, he came back with a red gas can. Johnny used his last $20 to make sure Kate could get home safe. He didn't ask Kate for a dollar, and she couldn't repay him at that moment because she didn't have any cash. But over the next few weeks, she repaid him, gave him a jacket, gloves, and warm socks. Kate wanted to do so much more for this selfless man who went out of his way just to help a stranger. After hearing his whole story, Kate felt all Johnny needs is just one little break. So she decided to start a GoFundMe page to raise enough funds for two months' rent, a reliable vehicle, and four to six months' worth of expenses. She had a goal in mind of $10,000, and she just asked everybody to join in. Well, Johnny's story went viral the other week, and with the help of others, has now exceeded $395,000. Just look around you. People are desperate for goodness and mercy in their life. Are you tired of what you see in your life right now? Maybe you've lost your way like that lost sheep. 
or you felt like someone just hasn't believed in you. Maybe you just need to find ways to add a little goodness and mercy into your dish of life. So over the course of this week, my challenge for you, just find a tangible way to show goodness and mercy to someone. Pay for the Starbucks and the McDonald's of the person behind you in the drive-thru and just drive off. It doesn't have to be even monetary. What would you think if you just happened to stop over for coffee with your neighbor, a close friend, or a co-worker? Just listen to their story. Sometimes goodness and mercy is just helping others feel that they are seen and they are known. God gives us the opportunity to share that with the whole world in return. How's your plan for your life working out right now? It's never too late to allow him to walk beside you in goodness and mercy all the days of our life. It's not going to happen overnight, but I have literally seen people's lives change for the better because of God's goodness and mercy. Every problem and hurdle in our life, it's not over. But we can have the hope that this pain and this trial that we're going through is only on this side of heaven. And at the end of our life, we can say with thankful hearts that our Lord is good and his love, it endures forever.